Hey, once again, and welcome to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman, and today we are going to look at the final chapter of 2 Thessalonians. And today's chapter actually is going to give us really two lessons. We're going to look at the issue of idleness, but along with that, we are going to look at how do we interact with someone who is who is unrepentant in their sinful lifestyle? How, how do we interact with someone that trusts in Christ but seems to be unwilling to to be uh, transformed into the image of Christ, someone who's unwilling to uh, obey all of the scripture. Now, this is, a, this is a tough topic. And my hope is that by looking at this text today, you and I, we will be encouraged, we will be challenged, we will consider our own lifestyle, uh, but we're also, we're also able to have maybe a, a perspective on how to care for those who profess Christ, but but don't seem to be walking in a way that honors Christ. Well, let's jump into the text. We're going to look today at beginning in verse 6, and then we're going to scoot down to verse 10, and I'll explain why in just a second. But uh, verse 6, Paul writes, he says, Now we command you, brothers, in the name of the Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at this. This is a command, and it's command in Jesus' name. Paul's not playing around here. Paul's being very stern. He's very, very direct. He says uh, that we command you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you received from us. Now, you almost expect, he says, keep away from anyone who's walking in sexual sin, which is wrong, and we should do the same thing, right? But he actually uses this issue of idleness, of living a, 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 a life that is not worthwhile, of living a life that is not contributing, that is not, it's not a life of dignity and of respect through the way you conduct yourself and the work ethic you have. Whew. This is, this is triggering to our world today because we live in a world that I think many of us, we are wired to do as little as possible instead of as much as possible. We're looking for how the government can care for us instead of rather how we can care for ourselves and others. And then you have verses 7 through 9 where Paul uses himself and his his uh, partners in ministry and their work ethic when they were with him, them and when they planted the church. So they, they paid for what they ate. They worked hard. They, they were not just saying, hey, we're here. And because we're here, you should care for us. Instead, he said, we set the example. We raised the bar. We endeavored. to We strived to, to not be a burden. So we, we weren't willing to be a burden. He says we could have, but we chose not to. And so now he says to, to this church, keep away from those who they don't follow this tradition and they... They live life of idleness. And we saw the same word idle used in, in, in the previous book all as well. But let's keep going. Jump down to verse 10. He says, For even when we are with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. What? I thought we are supposed to have compassion to those who are needy. Yes, absolutely. But if it's someone who's unwilling to work, if it's someone who's unwilling, let's say they can't do much, but if they're unwilling to do what they can do, he says, you shouldn't be feeding them. If they're, not un- if, if they're unwilling to work, you shouldn't be feeding them. This is, this is really uh, 
contrary to what we sometimes have as an impression of Christians who should just, you know, always be giving and always be generous regardless of the situation. No, this is calling us to discernment. Verse 11, for we hear that some among you walk in idleness. This is their lifestyle. Their lifestyle is a life not of contributing, but of consuming. It says they're not busy at work, but they're busy bodies. They're making themselves busy with all these things that don't actually amount to anything at all. Now, such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. Brothers or sisters, we should not be looking for a free lunch. We should not be looking for others to do things for us. Instead, we should be looking for how we can not only earn our own way, but care for others in need. Verse 13. For as you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. Or excuse me, as for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If you're striving, if you're serving, if you're working... I know it gets tiring. I know you I know you get exhausted. I know that it's hard. Don't grow weary. Be renewed in the strength of the Lord. Verse 14. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person and have nothing to do with him that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. You know, there is a fine line being drawn here. Take the issue of idleness. If someone who is unwilling to be repentant, this doesn't say that you say, you know what, you're an enemy, I hate you, go away. But this is, we warn you. You're not living a life that glorifies God. But we warn you, you should repent. You should work harder. You, you should strive to contribute to, to the, the sake of the gospel. You should be locking arms with us instead of holding your hands out looking for, for your free lunch. This is what he says. He warn them as a brother. I've got three younger brothers. I know what it's like to warn them appropriately. I also know what it's like to, I hate to say it, warn them inappropriately. There were times when I was a bad brother. I was mean. I was selfish. Don't be that kind of brother. This is to be a brother who who warns, warns them. In fact, it says you have nothing to do with them. This means you're you're not like saying, hey, you know, uh, praying you have a good day. Hey, you want to come hang out afterward? It's saying I'd love to ha- hang out with you and stuff, but look, in, until you turn, until you do the things you know you need to do, you know, you're not going to be like the center of my life. You're not going to be included in everything I do. What does this look like for a church? Well, this means if someone's coming to church that they're they're unrepentant in their sin, we don't say, you know, you can't come in. But it does say, I'm so glad you're here and I hope you listen to these words and I hope it causes you to, to change and to turn to the Lord and repent. This is a fine line. This must be spirit-led. We must check our own hearts regularly. We should not do this with a with a sense of moral superiority and being like, hey, I'm better than you. No, we should recognize all of us are one bad choice away from ruining our lives. Instead, we should say, I love you and I want what's good and what you're doing is not good. And so will you turn toward Christ? Now, Paul applies this to idleness, but we must apply this across the board. I've mentioned sexual sin, greed. That's a major one. Think about anger. Think about uh, ungodly anger. 
Think about holding a grudge and bitterness and unforgiving, an unforgiving spirit and resentfulness. All of these things are things that we must, we must, here's what it says, warn each other about as brothers and sisters in Christ. This is an encouragement to walk in holiness. And, and here, listen, you have the Spirit of God living in you. You can do this not by your own strength, but by God's power working in you. This is, this is very practical. This is a very practical ancient way for our modern day.